Matt, do you want to do you want to do the intro? Oh, you know, you know, I I got knocked down this past episode, but I'm back up on my feet. Okay, let's let's try this intro again. All right, take two. You know, we're all counting on you, so bring it. <laughs> Bring the life. Bring the thunder. <laughs> That's my middle name. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to a podcast that has no name still. Uh-huh. Just just keeping y'all on your toes to see who's yeah. paying attention. Yeah. Um, this this is a great podcast. <laughs> we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna keep it funky and fresh. <laughs> so thanks for joining. <laughs> What do y'all want from me? What do you want? There, there can't be too much personality on this podcast. So that's true. You know, if maybe we should just both introduce the podcast every time. Okay. I represent the introverts. Well, I guess you're introverted too, but you're more of like an introverted extrovert. I'm I'm more of an introvert with the <laughs> capability to be an extrovert if if need be. Okay, but don't get crazy. Okay. Okay. I'll give you that. All right. So my turn. Welcome everybody. You're listening to a podcast has no name. My name is Edward Leon Jasper, and this is Maddie. Lowe. And uh, we are so excited to see you all tonight or this morning, whenever you're listening. And actually, we're not seeing you at all. <laughs> we're talking at you. <laughs> so, I guess I'm not very good at it either. <laughs> it's great. Okay, it's great. great. Uh, yeah. Guys, today we are going to be talking about. Uh, Midsommar, and we are so excited to be talking about it. Yes, uh, I actually forgot what we were talking about for a second, and I just got a little toot. Yeah, I got a little... <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but before we get into the nitty-gritty of everything, got a couple uh, things for housekeeping here, okay? All right, let's hit it. You know, starting right off the bat, please give us a five-star rating on iTunes, because... Listen, it's mm. hard out here. So hard. It's so hard. <laughs> and uh, if you guys can help us out with a review, you don't even have to like type anything out. Just like literally hit five stars. Mm. Nothing well, less, okay? Because you know we we're working hard over here. We're working hard, like consistently. You know, you guys get to listen, in- including us. But it's it's a way to to pay. You know, just considered as payment for mm-hmm. like this great service that we've been providing to you all for free for literally for free okay um yeah i i think i think that's a good way to put it like payment because you know for a long time we said hey guys you know maybe you guys could hook us up with you know some sponsorships and maybe like throw us a couple bucks um (laughs) not not a penny yet uh so five stars would literally be the bare minimum so that'd be great <laughs> yeah that'd be great the the uh, offering plate is is looking rather dry and musty i, so I think i see just... i think i see a dust bunny in there <laughs> just a little moisture would would go a, a long way yeah it'll go a long way and we'd appreciate that 
Um, and, and to really like drive it home how serious we are because, hey, maybe people don't want to rate us because they're like, I don't know how serious these guys are yet. I'm still kind of like feeling them out. Well, let me tell you something. We're going to be updating our show schedule here. So Ooh. if you couldn't listen to us just one time a week, now you're going to be able to listen to us two times. Mm. So easy. You know, um, easy. I guess like, you know, what we'll be doing is uh, at the beginning of the week, we'll have our standard podcast that you guys have grown to love and obsess over and, you know, spend all your money over. Um, we're going to be having that on Mondays. And then on Thursdays, we'll be releasing like a shorter cut where we just like kind of talk about random things that we're into that week. Um, it's a popular segment of our current show. And so we would love to like kind of have that be its own thing. So if you just want to listen to that, maybe you don't want to listen to us review Midsommar, you know, and how great it is. Um, I get it. So, yeah. So those of you who come to us for, you know, the movie tips and and uh, hot takes, things like that, you're going to want to listen in on Monday. Mm-hmm. For those of you that follow because you're our close friends or family or loved ones and you, you have to show or feign interest. Yeah. You're going to want to listen on Thursday. Yeah. So, you know, we appreciate you and, you know, how you make us feel. So, you know, let, let's rub each other's backs. Please rub my back. Um and yeah, so listen, please again, rate us five stars. If you could just hit the subscribe button in iTunes, that really helps. Um, Spotifyers, we love you too. So keep liking our tracks. You know, keep telling your friends about us. It really, really helps, and uh, we're already seeing some traction from that. So thank you, you know, the three people who are doing it, and the other five people out there. You know who you are. You know, help us out. Yes. And, you know, speaking of new show schedule, um, we've kind of let the listeners know we'll also be doing a lot of rebranding, including a different name. Um, when do we plan on letting them know what that name is going to be? Um, well, Matt, I think that's up to you, actually. <laughs> is it? Yeah. <laughs> is it up to me? <laughs> well, I mean, guys, this is as perfect time as any, I guess. Okay. I have an announcement. Okay. This is huge, guys. So big. Drum roll, please, soundboard man. Well, we don't have the pro oh, I yet. Forgot. <laughs> we, we haven't received donations we to the received. soundboard. <laughs> so you have to imagine the drum roll, listeners. I'm not even going to fake drum it roll, for please. them. <laughs> Good. Yeah. You, sh- you shouldn't have to do that. We've, yeah. We've done enough. Mm-hmm. All right, imagine the drum roll. And... After a long discussion, the new podcast is going to be called The Matt Elam Pod. It was the only name we both agreed on. I think that is such a, oh my God. I don't know why I didn't think of that before. Well, you did. It was your idea. That's true. I said, this is great. Yeah. This is great. There was no back and forth on it. It was just like an instant. We both agreed. We, we both agree. Yeah. You said Matt, and I said yes. Yep. So That's it. it. It hit me. So look out for that in your podcast feed starting next week, the Matt the Matt Elam uh, podcast starring Matt Elam <laughs> and sometimes Edward Leon Jasper. <laughs> oh, 
in all seriousness, guys, the true, the true new name for the podcast, listen closely, okay. will be The Deep Cut. I felt like, you know, it should have been some type of feedback. <laughs> oh, my God. Why? <laughs> Feelings right now? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know to be happy or, like, annoyed or upset. Why? What's up? Well, I just, I don't, I don't want you to, I don't want you to pick that name because... Of of me, like I want you to also agree with it. Oh, I do agree with it, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. This is the best day of my life. <laughs> Finally, everything's going right. <laughs> well, I for one am so excited to co-announce. That the name of the podcast is now the Deep Cut Podcast. So look the out for cut. that in your podcast feeds. Like, let's say two weeks. Two weeks? Okay. Okay. So, right. Well, let, let this episode be known as the episode that will be moving more towards, you know, that more mature and uh, well thought out put together podcast it's not just a it's not just a name change it's, it's a complete rebrand so yeah y'all uh I, I hope y'all are ready i hope y'all are ready too i mean matt like we joke around about like the sponsorships and you know having only a few listeners but the listenership is growing and um you and i both have talked about wanting to take this podcast to the next level and i think that this is part of that and i want to thank you first and foremost for being my co-host and you know doing this shit with me of course it's a pleasure so a pleasure well while we're talking about uh updating our lives what's new with your life oh oh man so um as you all know i started going to therapy I think I've been to about three or four sessions this far. Amazing. And um, thank you. One of the things, it's been great, by the way, but one of the things that I keyed in on was uh, when I was telling him about my childhood, he said that it's, it's, it's important for me to learn the difference between guilt and self-loathing. Hmm. And I was like, ooh, what is this this word? It sounds like bread or or like some type of shoes, like self-loathing mm -hmm. or maybe like lathering like lotion on my body, something like yeah, that. Yeah, anyway. That sounds like good. That sounds nothing like right? self-loathing though. So I'm doing a good thing? Yeah. Anyway. Like, okay. <laughs> so I look up self-loathing and um I know this segment is gonna be five minutes. So I, I just wanted to just in case somebody else is going through the same thing. Let me just educate y'all what self-loathing is. Self-loathing is that underlying feeling that we are just not good, not good enough, not good at this, not good at that, not good at or for much of anything. It could be subtle. We may habitually compare ourselves to others. And I'm, I'm reading, this is by uh, Joe Barrington. Um, th these are not my words. Mm. 
um, constantly finding fault with ourselves and putting ourselves down with no real with no real awareness that there is anything amiss. Or we may listen intently to our critical inner voice while it scolds and berates us, telling us how embarrassing, stupid, or insensitive we are, refusing to challenge it even while we suffer from it. So, yeah, I mean, that pretty much sums up what is typically running through my head or what was typically running through my head. Um, And to keep it real, I still have those days where I just am living inside my head just beating myself up like oh my gosh like you could have done that so much better like why do you get so like this matt why don't you have more patience or or why don't you think this way this and that um but so i am a work in progress so the causes um and i'm gonna abbreviate this part but essentially the cause of this comes from um normally your childhood and um could come from some negative feelings that your parents may have towards themselves that they direct towards you. Um, and, and it could be a lot of other reasons as well, but I'll let you guys do your own research on that. Then the next segment was the self-loathing thought process is not your conscience, which was huge for me mm. because this whole time, like I've been thinking you know, conscious, 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 good, good, be good. And then this conscious is also saying these hurtful things, um, telling me that I'm not good enough. And I'm like, you know, you, you believe it. Like you believe your subconscious and also talking about, you know, how much of our brain we use. Um, mm-hmm. the conscious part is like what 5% and then the other 95 is everything that's in your subconscious. Mm-hmm. So, Often the process that underlies self-loathing, the critical inner voice or internal coach seems as though it might just be your conscience. For instance, it may tell you about things you are doing that are not in your interest, just like your conscience does. But this process is diametrically opposed to your self-interest, whereas your conscience will tell you that you do not have that one drink too many. Whereas your conscience will tell you not to have that one drink too many, This process first lures you into taking that drink and then attacks you viciously for having taken it. Mm. You know, the more I talk about it, this self-loathing feels like that mind, that mind flare from that uh, Stranger Things episode. Oh, yes. Yeah. Bring that back around. gets in your head. There you go. Um, And of course, you know, I don't want to offer a problem without offering a solution. So if you also have issues with self-loathing, of course, I would recommend to start therapy, talking to somebody about it. No matter what circumstances you find yourself in, a nasty point of view towards yourself is never warranted. It is never in your self-interest. The proper viewpoint towards yourself should be one of friendship. Think about yourself and treat yourself as you would a close friend, respectfully and with affection, with understanding and empathy, and most importantly, with a sense of easiness and humor. So long story short, TLDR, stop being mean to yourself. Mm. And that sums that up for me. That's pretty much like the moral of the story. Yeah. Don't be mean to yourself. Well, That's enough it. about me. Mm-hmm. You know, he's me, 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 me. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, 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 hey. Let's. Hi. <laughs> Imagine just walking up to to a group of people like that, that are in the middle of a conversation. <laughs> hi, 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 hi. Me, me. 
Hi, hi. Oh my god, I would hate that person. <laughs> I'm so sick of your shit, Brenda. Every time. <laughs> All right. So enough about me. Tell us about what's what's been going on with with Ed. Oh, you know, not much. Um, I think the biggest thing that's happened since the last time we talked is I quit. Uh, I was going to say I quit Instagram, but that's not true. I deleted one of my profiles. <laughs> yes. Yes, you did. Yeah. That was which, it. Which is a big deal. Um, it was a big deal because tell us why. <laughs> <laughs> I Well, it was a big deal because I had 30,000 followers on this account. And Which is incredible. It's a lot. It's definitely a lot. Yeah. Um, I learned a lot while I had that account about myself and other people and uh, how people can act uh, in a good and a bad way. But yeah, I quit the account basically because I felt like I'm not really representing who I truly am using this account. It was a very like body centric, sex positive uh instagram profile which was fine at the same time it just represented so little about me and how like i feel like people would see me as only a sexual object and then when i would try to talk about things like our podcast or or my engineering career and things that were happening there like it would could get no leverage which makes complete sense Right. I mean, these people didn't come to hear about my fucking podcast. OK, they came to see like pictures of my butt. And I get that. And that's a culture that I created and I fully accept that. And I don't feel like bad about that time that I did it. However, I'm just I'm just done with that period. So um, I, I was definitely feeling depressed for a few months leading up to this because I was having this real desire to get rid of this account but at the same time i was feeling like there was a bunch of people that i was going to be letting down if i did delete it um i felt like the haters that were on there would feel like they won somehow uh by getting me to 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 delete it and pretty much like drive me down or wear me down Mm -hmm. but in the end i feel like i'm the real winner because i was just talking to my uh elevator guy today and i'm like I think about all these factors, and at the end of the day, all that really matters is how I feel about it. And how I felt was that it was time to end it. And, um, yes, you know, I did talk to my therapist about it last week, and he was like, I'm not going to tell you what to do either way. But the things that you're telling me now are things that you've been telling me for a very long time. And, you know, it sounds like you might need to just, like, pull the trigger. And uh, Saturday I did, and I feel 30,000 pounds lighter, literally. I I feel like a different perspective about a lot of things. It's crazy. Yeah. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah. That's a beautiful thing. Very very proud of you um, as your friend. You have been talking about it for a long time. And um, I also think it was important for for you to make that decision for yourself. Um, Thank you. Yeah. bearing the lead here we're gonna be talking about (laughs) midsomar 
the new movie from Ari Aster. Uh, Matt and I just saw it this weekend. We were super, super stoked to see this movie. And um, Matt, can you give us a little synopsis about what it's about? Yes. Um, so essentially, when when I heard the director talk, he kind of describes it as a breakup movie, which I think that's accurate. It feels more like a um, a relationship movie and some wild, crazy events that that follow hover around that. But the the official synopsis is: a couple travels to Sweden to visit a rural hometown's fabled midsummer festival. What begins as an idyllic retreat quickly devolves into an increasingly violent and bizarre competition at the hands of a pagan cult. That's that's straight from IMDb. A little deeper, it's about the main character, Danny, um, as she copes with the loss of certain individuals and also how to navigate her relationship, um, her rocky relationship with her current boyfriend. Um, and how those not archetypes, but basically how those storylines transition in a foreign country on that vacation. Yeah, I, I enjoyed this movie very much. I I love this movie. Um, I liked it a lot. Uh, I will also say that a little history about Ari Aster. Uh, he's the 33 year old director. Uh, this is wow. his. I know that's like. Yeah, you know, a little depressing, but also like good for you. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Good for you. Yeah. Um, this is his second movie. Hereditary was his first, and it starred uh Tony Collette, Alex Wolf, and, and Dowd. Um, can we talk a little bit about Hereditary before we get into this one? Or more specifically, uh, like why were you excited to see Midsomar based off of what you saw in Hereditary? Mm. So Hereditary my backstory on Hereditary, Rebecca was working a, a different job at the time, and she had a coworker who um, who also likes horror movies, same astrological sign as me, like probably one of my kindred spirits. And they would talk about horror movies, and this person said, oh, has your husband checked out Hereditary? And I hadn't. I'd heard about it, but I hadn't seen it. Um, so after Rebecca told me that, I was like, all right. Like, what, you know, one horror fan to another, you kind of gauge each other's recommendations differently Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so so for a horror fan to recommend this i was like all right let me let me check this out i i started hereditary the the next night or the same night when i say i couldn't get past the first five minutes it it took me at least two or three days to to go back to that movie just because of the hype that was surrounding it from it being recommended and the way that first scene like just so slowly creeps into it was the window of a house or something but it was something about that first scene of that movie it was slow it was so slow and menacing and it freaked me out for days and i did i could not watch it for three four days but when i did wow i was so impressed that movie had me hooked from beginning to end the the end did you know it's it was some reaches but i mean it's a horror movie Mm -hmm. that that movie was awesome to me. Like it's it's up there. Is it my favorite? It's it's definitely top three horror movies of of all time. Wow. My history with that is wasn't recommend. It was actually anti recommended to me because mm. I think I was like listening to a 
comedy podcast and they were like doing their little life catch up and one of the hosts was like oh yeah i saw this movie hereditary and like it was horrible like i absolutely hated it blah blah i've come to realize that i like them for being funny but they don't have the same taste in music uh, movies as i do so i'm like okay okay you guys that's fine i just won't take that from you okay right so I had I had already had this impression in my mind. One day I come home and Frankie's in the middle of this movie, and um, I'm like, he doesn't really like. He'll watch pretty much anything. Like he'll like be looking on on Amazon Prime Video or Netflix, mm-hmm. and he'll just like turn on something. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. it doesn't even matter for him. So one day he's watching Hereditary. He's like in the middle of it, and I'm like looking at it, and I'm like, what the fuck is this movie? And I caught the last like. 30 minutes of it so i actually saw the ending of the movie before so i didn't know anything about this so i think like a couple weeks later i um i was like okay i'm gonna actually just watch this movie from the beginning and i was blown away i was absolutely blown away i think where it got me is uh, we won't spoil it here because i think everyone needs to see this movie but the main thing that I thought the movie was about turned out to not be what the movie was about, about 30 minutes in. Mm. And mm. I'm like, uh, what is this? And it was just yeah. incredible. It was incredible. Um, there are some scenes that like, I will literally never forget from that movie. Exactly. Um, there, I, I just, I felt so much from like this supernatural, movie about like demons and ghosts and all this stuff like i had so much feeling about it and what i loved most Mm -hmm. about it is that it was a horror movie but it was really about loss and uh like depression that comes from loss and i it was Mm. just so beautifully done and then you have like this horror element to it right yeah, he was a he was he wrote that geniusly. It was the way he intertwines human emotion, which I think goes out the window a lot in horror, especially with the with the slashers. You don't really get a lot of emotion besides like screaming or um, the typical things. Mm-hmm. So to to see, you know, actually actual family dynamics and a well thought out story inside like wrapped in a horror movie was it, it was like eating from a shit like chef Gordon Ramsay's like prepares you a, a, a dinner or something. Yeah. It, it was awesome. It, it was amazing. Um, so Tony Collette killed it. Oh my God. That one scene where she's on uh-huh. the ground screaming. Was that by the fire? By the fire. Uh, yeah. And the fire, like, in the living room? Yeah. 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 That's the one that sticks out of my mind for her. Yeah. That was, like, I mean, horror movies never win Grammys, but, like, or Grammy, an Oscar. (laughs) But Uh that scene could have won an Oscar because I, it was incredible. It was incredible. Um, so after seeing Midsommar, uh, Hereditary, we heard about Midsommar not soon after because Hereditary came out in 2017. Dang. So very, very recently. Wow. It's very new. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then now we have uh, the second movie, Midsommar. I heard about it coming up, and I was like, just based on Hereditary, I have to see Midsommar. I don't really care what it's about. Right. I just want to see it. Yes. So much of Hereditary also, like, it it felt different because of the way it was directed. Like, the, the shots, the camera angles. So... To, to piggyback on what you said, it, it was more than just the story for me. Like, it, it was when I saw his name attached to it. It was more like, like when you see Quentin Tarantino, mm-hmm. like, you know, you're going to get a certain style, um, a certain je ne sais quoi with the script. Um, and, and, and I wanted that. I wanted that from him. I wanted to see what he was going to do. Yeah, me too. Uh, totally. So, yeah, we both saw the movie this weekend. Uh, Let's say right off the bat, we're going to be spoiling this movie. Yes. It's been out for, what, almost a month now? Has it been that long? I don't know. I think it was. It may be, because it was only showing it in Orlando over here, so maybe it has been out a while. Yeah, and then I had to go to like a, a new movie theater to see this one, um, because the timings were so bad at like the AMC, the standard one that I normally go to, so I had to go to a different one, and... Uh, I might actually start going there a little more often. It was beautiful theater. Uh, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Shout out to uh, Sinopolis. Have you heard of Sinopolis? No. Sinopolis Cinemas. There's one in my, there's two in Miami. And mm-hmm. they're supposed to be like luxury cinemas. They're not oh. that luxury. Okay. At least not mine, but, you know. I think I have seen this on, like, on the way down to Miami off the corner of 95. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, so what did you think was good about the movie? The the first thing that struck me was the, um, cinematography It's not, not really the cinematography, but you know how it starts off with that, the credits open with that winter scene over the winter forest and then the phone rings and you got mm-hmm. like the shot over all the houses, the snow covered houses, um, it was, I think it was how they painted a picture with the locations, mm-hmm. almost like like I didn't know what I was supposed to be gathering by these shots of the frosted covered trees. Mm-hmm. Um, my initial thing was, oh, it's winter and the movie is going to be about summer. Um, but I mean, my brain couldn't, I couldn't guess what, what they were trying to get across from that. But I thought it was really cool. And then once they actually go to... Um, there were some more cool shots in the beginning, but once they go to Sweden, it's just gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And there was there was so much subtle like CGI when they were taking the psilocybin, psilocybin mushrooms, mm-hmm. whatever. mushrooms. Oh, I love that like that effect. Oh that my they god! Did look look kind of like it was water. It was just and it wasn't a lot of jump scares. Like like they didn't. I didn't feel like they were trying to get cheap scares out of people like everything was very subtle Mm -hmm. like there was stuff that there was stuff that startled you but it it really wanted to do a slow burn and um i felt like it was a more cerebral wanted to to get you fully immersed in this movie as opposed to shock you with gore and sex and blood and the typical things from a horror movie Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely now there there was there was some of that stuff in the movie don't get me wrong but they weren't leading with that and they weren't relying on that as a crutch for their movie 
Yes, absolutely. They definitely were not. Um, I, uh, I, I think you said it best earlier. Like, this movie is a breakup story, but mm-hmm. it does have horror elements. And I think what it is is that like we exaggerate a lot of these themes about breaking up in this movie, and we kind of like put some of that in literal and some of that in figurative senses. Um, I, I just think it's incredible. I, I had a really hard time with the goods for this movie because I have so many goods. Yeah. I have so many yeah. goods. Um, I, I think still- starting off, like, we... Uh, the A huge plot point happens in, like, the first 10 minutes of the movie. Um, yeah. And basically what happens is... I have to say, everyone needs to see this movie. Uh, if you are planning on seeing this movie, stop listening to this podcast. Right now, because it's about to get real. It's about to get real. Or if you, you know, I want to see you later, you don't mind spoilers, like, listen on. Um, in the first 10 minutes, basically what happens is uh, Danny's uh, sister... And parents die in a, mur- in a murder-suicide by her um, bipolar sister. It's a gruesome, yet it's it's a very haunting scene. That's a good word. It's because it's not very gruesome, actually. Right. It's it's like not bloody. It's not gory. It's haunting. Is ooh. Yeah. It's just this this event that happens and then when Danny finds out about it, this is one of my favorite parts is that just like we were talking about Tony Collette's uh, scream in hereditary Tony or Florence Pugh, who is the actor who actress who plays uh, Danny gives out this like scream cry. That is very hard to listen to, but also it was beautiful to listen to. Because I'm yeah, thinking, if, if mm-hmm, no, sorry. yeah, after you, I was gonna say if, it felt real. It felt so real, and I was like mm-hmm. almost a little bit jealous because I'm like, I I would love to to cry like that, right? You know, <laughs> I don't know, I, like not for a good reason or not for any real reason, a bad reason. Like, let me just say that, mm-hmm. knock on wood. But I just right. would love to feel that cry and like just get everything out because this. It was oh my god, it was it was hard to listen to. Yeah, um, she had a few she had a few emotions in that movie, um, like maybe three or four scenes where she was required to to cry or scream and mm-hmm. was killing it. Yeah, that actress is um, I I'm obsessed because like the way she was able to give like a thousand percent for those scenes. I don't know how she was able to do it. I don't know what she's drawing from to do that as an actress, but like, God damn, it it was incredible. Um, When you're talking about when they arrived to Sweden, I really love the part where um, as they're driving, the camera kind of goes upside down. Oh, that was so cool. That was so cool. I'm like, Oh, this is, it's going to be that type of movie. Like I was like, this is, this is happening. And then like you said, with the um, uh, when they were taking the mushrooms and the effects of them tripping, essentially, there's like a lot of that, and also with hereditary, it they it plays a lot of tricks on your eyes. Like 
there are a couple scenes where Danny's character is wearing a flower crown and it looks like some of the flowers are breathing. Yes. But it yes. happens so infrequently that by the time you notice it, you're like, wait, did I just see what I thought I saw? <laughs> did you see the, the, um, not, I think his name was Pele, but Pele's brother at one point, like when Danny first, um, drank the tea and she started freaking out and the brother came up to her and smiled. Like, was his smile a little bit bigger than it was? It, okay. All right. And they do that again when they they take, yeah, when she takes it later on. And I think when she's first being crowned the queen um, Mm -hmm. and everyone's like crowding around her, like all their faces are slowly distorting. Like some, some of their, their smiles get bigger or like one eye will get really big and then go back down. Okay. Yeah. I did notice the eyes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I noticed the eyes getting big. Mm -hmm. Yeah. that, That was a nice touch. So that was really cool, just seeing them, like, take the drugs. Um, I love the part where Danny sees Christian having sex um, in the barn and then Mm -hmm. gives, like, it starts, like, she's having a panic attack. She's, like, crying and doing all this stuff, and all the girls surround her and starts, like, crying the ways that she's crying. And then they, like, create this cadence, and it's almost like... Danny's calmed down and almost and is also realizing like, oh, I have other people to experience this with me and it doesn't feel as bad. Right. That that was such a cool scene. Yeah. It was so cool on so many levels. Um, like like her her character arc, I also felt that she wasn't getting the support that she needed um throughout the movie and like her her boyfriend was was kind of there. I mean, it's it's that balanced thing. You know, he wanted to go out with his friends and do his thing. But at the same time, it's like his girlfriend just lost basically all her immediate family. Mm-hmm. So he knows that he needs to be there for her. Um, so from from her perspective, like she wasn't getting the, the the care that she needed after going through that traumatic event. So like from my perspective, like when I when I saw her get into that cadence with the other women, um, it felt like she finally felt that support that she had been looking for for so long. Mm-hmm. Like she, it almost, it almost felt like she opened her eyes again. It's just like, oh, like, like they, these people feel my pain and feel what I'm going through. And I felt like she was finally able to truly, like, cry. Yeah, absolutely. She was truly. I feel like she was truly able to cry, but then almost like one final cry. Like I feel like she was able to allow herself to feel these feelings and just give it to the rest of the girls in the group. And then she could be done with it. Yeah. You know, instead of like thinking that that she's the only one she gets other people to feel it with. And like, it's kind of like when you go to therapy, it's like part of the healing process is realizing that you're not the only one who feels this way. And that in itself is freeing. Um, And I think that's what she was getting in that. Mm, Very true. Um, man, I just, there's so much good with this, uh, Danny's dress at the end where she's like crying as the, as the, uh, building is burning to the ground and Mm. she's like wearing this huge, like flower dress, flower dress that she can't even move in. 
and she looks like a turtle trying to like move in this huge <laughs> dress and it's just like it's funny but also like sad <laughs> but also ridiculous and also beautiful like that dress was it was spicy man it was like these beautiful flowers just fresh flowers yeah made the entire dress oh it was it was <laughs> incredible it was incredible i'm like yeah. i want to wear that um <laughs> and then also i think like the part that so mark is this one character in and um this group of friends and he is definitely the worst person he's played by uh will poulter um and killed that role. he killed that role because he already like something with his eyebrows he looks like a villain already <laughs> right so like if yeah. he's playing a bad guy i'm like I, I i'm sold i completely believe yeah. you and but he does this thing where he's always vaping and as a person who has a jewel i understand what it means to always be vaping um i'm not as obnoxious as that but it's just like this kind of like privilege that you might feel where you're just like oh it's only a vape so i could smoke anywhere and it's like uh-huh. you can't smoke inside my church right or at the dinner table right exactly and he's just like literally <laughs> always has his vape just just ripping it up yeah just ripping it <laughs> I actually have a story about that from a couple of days ago. Okay. So I, w- I was coming home today, yesterday, last night, um, and I was, I do this every time. <laughs> I was I was coming home one night recently. Okay. And I, and I was like, do I want Subway or do I want McDonald's or Wendy's? And I was like, you know, I want some Subway. So I go into Subway and um, there's one, two, three, four other people in line in front of me. Um, so one guy's getting like two, three subs, of course. There's one person working. It's um, about 40, it's half an hour before close. Um, ample time. So ample time. Yeah, but they're he's open. Getting like, he's getting, they, oh, they close at 11. Okay. You know, 30, 30 minutes. Yeah. I mean, you should be cooking for another 30 minutes. Right. In my mind. So In my mind, you should be turning it, the grill off at 10, 59, 59. Exactly. Right. Okay. Okay. No more customers. Yeah. So, so. Buddy's getting his sandwiches made. Cool. There's there's two other bros that are like broing it up, super hard. Yeah, bro. Um, the, the the older guy leaves out the restaurant, so now it's just three other customers plus me. So the the two bros, they start ordering their thing, and then one of them is like, to the to the subway guy, he's like, bro. So are you, I mean, are you are we allowed to vape in here? Oh my and, god. And <laughs> I kid you not. And the uh, the subway dude was like, you know, I don't really care. And I was like, oh shit, okay. So it's that kind of subway. Like, yeah. So so the bros was like, oh shit, you're hardcore, bro. Okay, yeah. And they, like started getting all right up and excited. Babe, 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 babe. So they took and and it doesn't bother me, but they took out the vape, and then they started vaping like towards the food, like. Like blowing oh my the, God. Like the smoke, the smoke was going over the subway little oh glass window, like down into all the cold prep. And I was just, I was just staring at them, like at the back of their heads, and <laughs> in my head, I was like, "What?" So I just left. I was like, "No, I'm going to Wendy's." I'm going to Wendy's. <laughs> I don't want chicken salad, uh, vape juice, right. caramel flavors in my. Uh, in my sweet and teriyaki chicken. I mean, your first mistake was choosing <laughs> Subway over Chick-fil-A. 
I mean, over over Ooh. Subway. I do not support Chick-fil-A. <laughs> you heard it here first. Um, so, you know. But me, I would have been like, damn it, I'm already here. Let me, <laughs> let me get the tuna salad with the vape juice. It, it was a hard decision because I wanted that meatball marinara bad. Oh. But the guy had already put like, he already put like all the stuff out of the cold prep away. Uh-huh. Like there was there was nothing in there. Like he had to open up the refrigerator. Like the stuff was already in the refrigerator. Like he thought he was going home. Yeah. So so then it would have been. I didn't want to deal with his attitude if I, if I was like, yeah, let me get a meatball uh, marinara. He was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I, I just I, I couldn't take it that night. So I was like, I'm just myself. Oh my god, yeah, yeah. I mean, Wendy's is open late, so that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. So thank you for letting me get off topic for a little bit. Uh, back to Midsommar. Back to Midsommar. And, and, so and vaping Will Poulter. I mean, that was pretty much it. I, I just thought it was funny how much he was vaping. I, I, one thing I was going to touch on was how I thought it was. I thought it was cool slash eerie, like how how people just started dying. Like the, there, there wasn't really any warning <laughs> Um, oh yeah, it was just kind of like people. Like I think the first one was the guy from London, right? And and the girl came, um, looking for. She was like, no, like like we got to get out of here. This is after the um, I forgot what it was called, the ritual. Uh-huh. That I'm sure we'll get to. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, like basically once people start dying, it's just it's not like a big deal. Like they just they just disappear. And yeah. it's it's very. Um, it's very craftily done. It is. It, it's so subtle. And kind of what happens is that Danny has a dream the night before that she's sleeping in the, um, it's like a communal sleeping barn that everyone's sleeping in. And she has a dream that like everyone leaves her, like her friends leave her and it's just her. And then like the next morning, these, this other couple that's visiting from London, um, the, the guy just disappears and the story is like, oh, he took, uh, he took a truck back to the airport and the truck is a two seater. So like they figured we'll just take him and then we'll come back and take you. And the girl's like, there's no way that he would leave me. That's weird. Blah, blah. And we get like five seconds of that. And then it's just like, he's gone. Yeah. So, yeah. I yeah. thought that that was like that was really cool and and very eerie, like you said. Just like, uh, mm-hmm. no one's gonna talk about this, okay? Yeah, but it didn't feel like a didn't. it didn't feel like a plot hole or anything. No, let's go ahead and talk about what we didn't like about uh, the film. Um, nothing really, technically, but you know, the, there's all there's always a point at at a movie's conclusion where the screen goes to black. And I either feel one of two ways. Either I feel like, damn, that shit was good. Or I'm like, please, please don't end right there. Mm-hmm. But I guess there's a third one of, I know that's not the end or like that sucked. But this one was like when, when the movie was over and the screen faded to black, I was saying to myself, please don't be finished. Please don't be finished. Because I still wanted, I wanted more closure, like, I'm an epilogue type of guy. Like I, I want, I want to know what happens like from the end of the movie and on into the future. Mm-hmm. And it, I will say that it ends very abruptly. Um, 
not not to say it was bad mm-hmm. because I think I think the ending works and in reality we don't we don't need an explanation for anything. That's just I guess um ego talking or the id, whatever. Mm-hmm. So but yeah, I had questions like what happens to the main characters because she makes some decisions at the end of the movie, which would raise the question, is she going to stay with the cult or the commune or is she going to go back? Um, my prediction is that by the end of the movie, I, I, I thought she was definitely going to stay. Um, like I said earlier, she kind of felt that support from the group of women she became the maiden queen of the festival for like the like summer maiden queen, like big deal. It's it just seemed like in the beginning when when they first see these wild events, she's probably the most huh, probably the most traumatized, um, and probably tied for the most shocked out of all the Americans that are on the trip. Yeah. Um, but by the end of the movie, you really get the sense that you know, some some things have changed in her, the way she sees things and in her mind. So, I would have liked a little more on that, but it's this this movie was, it was incredible. Yeah. How, how about you? You had any complaints? I mean, to to echo what you said, I think that a lot of times, if a movie ends abruptly like this one does, um, or this one did, I will either feel one of two ways, like. I'm okay with this ending this way because I have so much to analyze and think about and it sticks with me. Like I don't always need to feel Mm. the conclusion if the story is told well enough where I can come up with different conclusions on my own and like I would feel comfortable with, you know, a multitude of different ways. I do feel like she ends up saying and I think the movie kind of sets up the fact that she doesn't really have much left. Like all she really had was her boyfriend. Um, Her family died. She didn't really have any close friends back home. It didn't seem. And all she really had was Christian. And and when she makes this decision, uh, when she makes a decision to let him be sacrificed, like it's definitely her. Let him burn. Let him burn. Definitely saying like, Okay, I'm good with where I am now. Like I'm good with this community that I've that I found. Um and so so that definitely helps. Um it did have an abrupt ending though, and I could have definitely dealt with more of it. Uh there is a director's mm-hmm. cut, by the way. I heard. Um <clears throat> so apparently his original cut is three hours and forty five minutes long. And they cut that down to what, two hours and twenty minutes? Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it was like two twenty five or something like that. Yeah, it it, it definitely didn't feel like it because it it went by mm-hmm. pretty fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, on October seventeenth in New York City, he's gonna be releasing a longer cut, like an extended cut that's like an extra thirty minutes. And I'm trying mm-hmm. to get tickets to it, but I can't find the tickets online. So. Hopefully I get to go. If so, I will definitely let you guys know. Um, so my bad is that I didn't, I didn't get enough of it. I wanted, I wanted more for sure. Um, and then also uh, maybe like a question. Uh, Pele's parents burned up in a fire. Is what he told us. Is that what he said? That's what he said. Remember when he was like talking to Danny? He's like, 
<clears throat> oh, pardon. He's like, my parents burned up in the fire, and I, it didn't hurt that bad because I had a family with me. I had a community, mm. and that's why I wanted you to come on this trip because I want you to experience this community. You, you don't remember that? I do. Okay. I do. So my question is, at the beginning of the movie, when they first get to the yeah. the, the festival, the main person of this festival says that it only happens every 90 years. So how is that possible? Well, I, I guess that's us. Um, in, I guess we're thinking that he's insinuating that they also burned up in that sacrifice of the nine mm-hmm. people or the, or the eight people. But I guess it could have been some other type of fire. Like, like maybe I know those two people, you know, how they chose to go, but maybe, maybe they wanted to burn. Hmm. Could be. Mm-hmm. Or it could be a plot hole. Could be a plot hole. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Un- unanswerable question. So we will look for mm-hmm. more of that later on. Uh, I would definitely be curious to see what what he took out from the final cut, like that would be in that director's cut. Um, just because the scenes were so, it was it was such a cool but chill movie. Yeah, I, I just wonder like what other scenes, like do did we get more of, like the first ten minutes? Mm-hmm. Like do we get more background into the sister and what she was going through? Do we get more mm. background into like why? Will is the way he is. Like maybe some flashbacks. Um, I, I would I would love to see that that cut. Well, so it's coming out on um, on DVD um, in the fall. So hopefully he'll also release the director's cut with that. That'd be amazing. I I, I definitely hope that we get to see it somehow because that would be a missed opportunity if we just never get to see it. Because this is this is great for his second film. Um, Apparently, this is the only other horror film he's going to do, and he wants to do um, more comedy. So, I mean, this this movie was very funny, so I think that there's easily some comedy that he could do, and I would definitely see that as well. Yes, and, and I I like his comedy. It's, um, I don't know what the type of humor is, but it feels like real life like maybe situational it feels like stuff that would really happen in real life it doesn't feel like you know this is Will Ferrell trying to make me so let's uh, get into the deep cut here kind of want to talk about how we define what's wrong and what's right and let's give you a little context here Matt, actually, do you want to give us some context? Yeah. One of, maybe theme is a better word. Like, one of the themes in this movie is suicide and probably murder as well. Um, Based on the first scene or the first 10 minutes of this movie with the murder suicide Ed mentioned earlier and the situation that surrounded that. So, you, you, like right off the back, like you already formulate some type of association based on the first 10 minutes of the movie 
to how you feel about a murder-suicide. Then, you know, come towards the, still kind of the beginning of the movie, we get a scene in which, and the part I wanted to talk about earlier was William Jackson Harper. He played the shit out of, out of his role. Um, and one of the lines that stuck out to me was when they were, I can't remember if they were eating dinner, but there was some point where um, William Jackson Harper's character, who he played Josh, and he was working on his PhD thesis, trying to get information and stuff. Um, there was a point where somebody told him there was this ritual that was about to go down called like Astupar or something like that. Mm. And so everybody was like, oh, like, tell us what, tell us what that is. I think uh, Pele was saying it. Um, and so he was like, oh, I think it's better if you see it for yourself. And so the only person that knew what it was, was Josh, William Jackson Harper's character. And Josh was like, um, he kind of settled back in the seat. Like, like he, he knew what was going down. So the next day, um, to further that theory, when they're at the, the lunch table or the dinner table, um, he leans over to Pele or whoever he's next to and is like, are those the two? And the person says, yes. Um, so fast forward and we see this this long ritual is continuing. And eventually you see this um, older couple. I don't know if they're together, but it seems like they're together. This man and this woman from... The uh from the what's yes the cult they are at the top of a cliff um looking over the edge so at this point you know we're kind of gazing what's about to happen and of course the they commit suicide one by one um the male character jumps off the cliff and no I'm sorry the female character jumps off the cliff and hits her head on a rock, basically. And so she's dead on impact. And then the male character jumps next and basically lands on his feet and just breaks his legs. And so um, basically the whole cult starts agonizing with him, screaming in pain. Um, and this, this other group of cult members come over and bash his head in with a hammer to basically finish him off. So it, it brought up, um, after that scene, that, and they kind of started explaining, of course, everybody was freaking out, all the Americans and people who weren't used to that going down were freaking out, and they explained, like, oh, no, 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 like, this is this is a high honor, and it's a choice that we make. Um, it's the circle of life type of thing. Like, this, that's what they do, um, and they view it as a selfless act, like, in their cult. So, so the final decision and the final scene is when Danny, you know, she's she's she wins this pageant um, of the Flower Queen, May Queen, um, and basically she has a choice to sacrifice either her boyfriend, who she has caught um, having sex with a girl on this trip, and um, surrounded by naked women. Or she can sentence to death some other person from the cult who would probably be ready to die. And so, long story short, she chooses Christian to be burned in the building. So, um, 
it made me it made me think like okay now they're trying to get us to think like you had your preconceived whatever based on this murder suicide in the beginning like now how do you feel now how do you feel about it like how now how do you feel about Danny sentencing Christian to death like after seeing what he did and then also like how do you feel about that older couple um committing suicide when like you know like i i feel like in america we look at suicide or suicide is looked upon in a certain light um when in their cult it was looked upon in a more elevated um selfless light mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and i just think that's a good movie like a movie that makes you think and like that's that's where my mind went after the credits started rolling so got my wheels turning was anybody wrong because i'm i'm sure if the if the people from the cult looked at you know how how danny's sister um how that situation went down like they would have some different feelings about it even though it was still you know it was still a suicide that that took place um and there was still a murder that took place in that situation like where where did that come from like did it come from a selfless place or did it come from, I don't know, self selfishness? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. I, 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 yeah, you are, you're right. I think that that is what makes this movie so good. It's because you do question a lot of different things that happen. Uh, you touched on Christian being sacrificed by Danny and like, you could look at, at that objectively. I, I do want to say the first time, or not the first time, but at the end of the movie where Danny does this little smile and then we get the credits, I actually like felt myself smiling with her and I was mm-hmm. kind of weirded out by that because I'm thinking like, you can think of that sacrifice objectively and say on one side, that was fucked up. Did everything that he did deserve to be uh, sentenced by death? But then the other right. side is like, okay, literally no, but figuratively, right. like she needed yes. to do that for herself as much as he deserved it. And right. I think that if the Swedish, um, if this like Swedish cult looked at the way that Danny's sister sacrificed herself, they might be able to look at that objectively as well and say like, well, maybe she was trying to unburden herself or unburden like her and her parents for Danny. And maybe that was like an act of selflessness. Um, mm. And at least be able to like, look at it in that way. Whereas Danny's only be able to, able to look at it. Like my sister just killed herself just because she needed help. Well, it could have been right for her, you know, like there are so many different aspects to like, look at that from, um, in the context of this movie, okay, only this movie, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay. If you're having suicidal thoughts at home, like, right, reach out to somebody. Please reach out to us. Like, somebody can definitely help you. We're talking in the context of this movie only. Um, but in the Swedish culture, there is this uh, idea called death cleaning, and actually, somebody wrote a book about this in 2017. It's called. Uh, the gentle art of Swedish death cleaning. And basically what it is, is these 
elderly people or people who just like know that they are going to die soon basically like KonMari their lives a little bit and like organize and clean decide what's important what's not important because they don't want their stuff to be a burden to their family when they finally pass and I'm sure that like kind of um stemmed from an uh, a past ritual where like people would commit suicide when they were older to not be a burden to their family um and it's a very like interesting thing that a lot of different cultures explore um and in the movie like what they kind of talk about is there's like different rankings for everything so it's like if you're 36 you don't have to sleep in this one barn when you're twice that age you can like be an elder and then when you're three times that age then you you die and at first we thought that he was like kidding about that and then we actually see oh no like when you get to this age like you kind of age out of this community and you sacrifice yourself and they dedicate your body back to the to the land and you know all that stuff all for like the preservation of this community and right for them it's it's right and for us it's obviously not right and we think that there are different ways to go about that and but in the same vein they might think that it's like barbaric for us to put our elderly in nursing homes or to exactly. like you know have someone who is brain dead be on life support for 15 years right especially when one of the things they believed was that it's a circle and you know once you leave like you're coming right back exactly exactly um and so yeah this this movie really like explores those themes and i think that kind of misunderstanding of different things gets replayed a lot of different times. So there's one time when um, Mark, Will Poulter, uh, pees on this tree. And one of the elders in the community is like super pissed off about it. And Mark is like, this is just a tree. Like, right. what are you talking about? And that's, that's I, I think there what Ari Aster is trying to do is show you in a simple term, like, Things are objective. To one person, it's just a tree. To another person, this is his ancestors. Right. Um, yeah. And and we see that again when, like, um, oh, my goodness. What is his name? We were just talking about him. Uh, Josh? Josh sneaks into this sanctuary to take photos of this Bible because to him, this is just a Bible. But to their culture, like, this is sacred, like, this is something that belongs to us and was created by us. And we don't want to share that. And we have every right to keep that to ourselves. Right. Um, right. So yeah. Different. I like, I, mm -hmm. yeah, no, go ahead. Sorry. I like that. Um, kind of touching on the scene with Josh and asking to take pictures of the, the Bible esque book when, um, when he asked who wrote it and I, I can't remember his name, but it was the, the character that had the disfigured face and I think Josh's reaction was like more like shock and surprise that they let this person like create the the entire narrative for that cult mm. for that edition. Um, but so that was another part where I was like, well, maybe maybe they are onto something because 
you know, it doesn't matter what a person looks like or, or was born like, um, you know, that they still have the ability to contribute to, to this cult. Yeah. And I, I mean, I know he said that, that like they, they breed that person specifically, like, like that's their only purpose mm-hmm. basically. Okay. Yeah. Which is like, you know, problematic, but what, it is. what they were trying to say is that, uh, because this person is like mentally handicapped, they are more connected to like a spiritual side because they're not like weighed down by thought, mm-hmm. essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so that they can write this holy text. Got you. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that was interesting. I would love for them to explore that more. I'm sure that had to be like one of the scenes that yes. got cut. Yes. That, that was one of the other things. It was, it was that like that scene right there. I wanted more of that character. I, I just wanted to know more about mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. I could not agree more. Um, what final thoughts do you have about the movie? Like, do you recommend that our listeners watch this? Um, any takeaways? Of course. Of course. Um, highly recommend. And I wouldn't even call this a horror movie. Um, I would call it more, I mean, yeah, it probably is still a horror movie, but it's a very light horror movie. So it's not going to be like your hostile. Um, it's, it's not a slasher. It's it's a very palatable horror flick. Um, more so mystery, drama, romance horror. No, th- throw horror in at the end, but I would highly recommend um, if you want to see something new and fresh, it's got great acting, great um, set design, great directing, cinematography. Highly recommend Midsommar. Highly. Yep. Um, I agree with all that. I think that I would say it's horror because of the fucked up element of it all. Uh, It's, it's very, it's very distorted. It's very disturbed in a lot of ways, but really in a way to make you question a lot of things. I mean, I I don't know how to describe it except for fucked up. Like the last 10 minutes of the movie, I'm just like, uh, what? What's happening? <laughs> what is happening? But in the best way. Like like when that guy was strung up in the barn. Oh my and god. And were those his? Were those, those are his lungs, right? I like think he was so. still breathing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that freaked. That that was probably the most disturbing part. I wasn't sure if he like, was breathing or if that was like the camera tricks. Oh, true, 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 true. See, I thought it was. I thought like he was still breathing. But uh, I, I think I, I don't I don't know. I think it could be interpreted either way because mm. it's like he's been gone for a long time. Yeah, he's been gone for, I think, probably a day now. And so would he still right. be breathing if he was cut up like that? I don't know. Probably not. Um, Did you also notice that Christian's um, pubic hairs were red? No. Yeah. When he ran out of the uh, barn after having sex with a girl and was like just running around. A lot, a lot of dick uh-huh. in this movie. Yeah, I yeah. was like, yes. Was. It wasn't the kind of take that you want to see, though, because it's like, oh, <laughs> like he's about to get murdered. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was it was kind of gross. Yeah, but yeah. His uh, it was it was like bright red around his uh area because this a girl was a virgin. 
Right. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. I did notice that. I mm-hmm. thought you were talking about like red hair, like the redhead he was having sex with. Oh no no no! I, th- I thought I thought you meant like like his pubic hairs had turned red, like uh, regular hair. Yeah. No, I did notice the blood. Mm-hmm. It it skewed me out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I love this movie. I, everyone needs to see it, even if you heard the spoilers. Like we, this is like five percent of this movie. There's so much. Like I had to hold myself back from not writing down everything about it um but then we would have like a five-hour podcast yeah true um, which which is fine you know the listeners would appreciate it yeah especially on a nice nice drive down to miami or up the coast of um east side usa east side usa okay that was horrible i just <laughs> i don't know yeah, where yeah, i was going you gotta go for it sometimes yeah <laughs> Okay, Matt. Well, until next time. Until I, next time. I don't know what we'll be talking about the next time. Okay, I think we had mentioned the Lion King. Oh, oh, we're gonna talk about the the Great Hack. The Great Hack is coming up. Yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll throw in Lion King somewhere. Yeah, you'll hear about Lion King at some point. Uh, but yeah, until next week, guys, tune in on Thursday for the random uh, life stuff segment where we'll just talk about like some like random shit that we're thinking about or hanging out with or whatever. And uh, we can't wait to see you then. Yes. Thanks for listening. All right, guys. Bye. Bye.